Hello and welcome to the Top Rope Podcast with me, Dave. Joining me on this not so fine week is Shane and Blaine. How's it going, boys? Hello. How's it going, Blaine? <laughs> yeah, all good. All good. Yeah, see, so you, you'll notice the lack of response there by Blaine because we're trying to like kind of focus and pivot the podcast towards talking about Chelsea. Um, rather than talking about the shit show that was um, Sunday. So, but yeah, um, this is the first pod since the defeat against Arsenal over the weekend. So, there's been a few days for us to digest. How are you guys feeling? I'll start with you, Shane. Um, I wasn't too bad at the time. I was. I was calm before the game for some reason. I was like, even when I was supposed to kick off, I was like, "Am I, am I, am I slipping into depression or what's happening here?" That I don't, I don't feel nervous about this or anything. And then we lost, and I, I didn't feel too bad. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's one of them, and we had injuries and uh, kind of different stuff." It's obviously very annoying, but um, yeah, I still, I've kind of forgotten about it a bit. Like I guess I'm going to bring up all the good memories here now, but. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm okay with it. I, I think we can get into why I think there was a bit of mitigation and and that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Are you guys much better? I'll 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 let Blaine say his first. I, I'm all right. To be fair, I got over it pretty quickly as well. I uh, for some reason thought we might lose. I did. I said I was quite confident going into it. Be like Shane, but for some reason the narrative just in my mind just I thought that. You you yeah, were you were you were fucking oh hang on am I misremembering this was Blaine not like you, you watched that was on the day I had good vibes oh, oh, yeah, like sorry, until the day, the day. I had very bad vibes I, the, the the vibes on the day were me just like coming to realization that Nunez because after we started the pod Nunez was got injured like the day after and then Spozlai got injured and then you know obviously it was really sad news for Bradley so it kind of I think yeah. three players who were nailed on to start kind of were all ruled out of the game, which made me feel a bit less confident as well. And then as soon as I saw the team, I just thought we'd lose mainly on selection. But I, I'm not too bad after it, really. I, I don't feel... I feel it's one of them. City lost, though. You can, you can go and lose away at Arsenal. Most teams do. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's what it is, really. Yeah, I, I think it was more the method of defeat, wasn't it, really? And... <clears throat> um, I mean, let's let's be completely honest here. Just how fucking incessant and loud Arsenal fans are. Um, and you the, follow all of them, Dave, which is your own fault, really. Well, yeah, that that aspect is my fault, in fairness. Conflicting emotions um, for Dave, if, if anything. <laughs> how long have we been waiting to get that in? Like three days. Was that three minutes? Um, <laughs> Um, we, we said that in the last episode. We said if Arsenal win, there's no way you're you're, you're missing out. So here you are. <laughs> but yeah, no, it just feels as though it was pure confirmation of let's be honest the nonsense that they've been spouting for a while. But listen, let them. You know, we've kind of got to go into our shells and kind of bide our time until we inevitably drop points against the team that they just struggle to bang and break the door down against. Um, they never struggle at West Ham, Dave, don't worry. Well, 
Oh yeah, yeah no, you don't. Away, so it'll be fine. Yeah, they never do. Uh, I, t- to be fair, I think that kind of tendency for them to not be very clinical, even we had the even though we got beat three one. Do, do you know what I mean? Like they they, they missed some good opportunities. Um, well, yeah, I think that was. I mean, not to go into the game too much, but that was the frustration kind of when we conceded the second goal because you almost felt it was a bit like the FA Cup game where it was mm. just kind of edging towards them getting more nervy and, and us maybe being able to nick it. Because uh, we actually started the second half all right. But yeah, it was it, it was a good performance from Arsenal, but I still felt fine at 1-1, which is a really weird thing to say. Whereas I think if we if that was like at the Etihad, I think we'd have been in all sorts of trouble. So there's still a weird thing with Arsenal, as good as they are. I just don't know. I think there's there's just something not there for them, and that's funny to say after a three-one loss. But yeah, no, I I get I get the feeling. Um, I I have the feeling. Well, I, I had this kind of mentality when we were going toe to toe with City. Um, you know, for those like three years, that I think a lot of people put a lot of stock into these big games. I think Arsenal are. Remember when we were very good in the big games, but we really struggled yeah. against the, the the shite, basically? I think they are at that point. They're a really tough team to beat, but they've got a propensity to, to struggle against the crap and struggle to break down deep blocks, particularly. We had that issue as well. Funny how nobody's banging the same old narrative that Arteta can't fucking coach a team properly like they were cloth. Um, I think people are doing it out of pure spite than anything, um, and just trying to throw shit at the wall. But there's no real um lazy narratives, personally. I think um, that's what I mean. Again, just to like, uh, I think if you look at our record against the bottom ten, I think we've won all but one, which we're looting away. Mm. Um, which is why we're top of the league, really, because our performance against the top ten sides isn't amazing, especially top six. But you know. It is those games against the bottom ten, really, that usually, you know, defy your season. I think last season City had a really poor record away from home against the, the top ten. And one, one, I mean, they are tough games, to be fair. It's not like they're easy games, a lot of these, and they get harder, teams get harder each year. But two, it's just one of them where you can just go to Arsenal and get beat, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm not too worried overall. Any yeah, if they drop points, it, like, cause I, this is what I was telling myself as well. I was probably tweeting it out. I was like, um, it, they've won this and they'll feel good and it'll, they'll feel like it'll push them on and their, their their fans are on cloud nine and all that. But if they go to West Ham now and drop points and we just, we win at home against Burnley as we should be doing 10 times out of 10, then, uh, you know they'll have dropped the, the you know they'll have kind of squandered that already and like, yeah. there's a decent chance that they do so it's all about as they'll kind of have known from last season and being in a league race it's like yeah just keep printing out those points against the bottom sides and then the the big games arguably in an era where like 90 points plus is, is like more of a thing the big games arguably are more impactful because before you could like if you're like seventies, eighties, were winning a league, you know, like you could, you can make the points up elsewhere. But um, and, and like arguably that's what's kind of that's what's cost us very narrowly. And like, like it's, it still feels ridiculous to say it, but there's a kernel of truth to it where like 
losing to City or not beating City in like the the seasons where we um we we like lost the league by a point or whatever or or like drawn away at Old Trafford or or Goodison or whatever like you know that that did turn out to be the difference but um yeah just like I I back I still back us more to continue to accumulate points um against the shite so um yeah we'll we'll, we'll kind of see what happens next obviously City are as Carrick was kind of right you said I think you said it was pissed off but it was like the best result for City because like us going clear and if we just keep if we just keep accumulating points the way we have been then we, we could have maybe potentially pulled away but um, yeah fucking three horse race now and we'll, we'll see what happens I mean we, we can we can talk about the Carragher reaction pretty quickly because uh, well, understandably I don't think we really want to talk about the match so <laughs> what I was your <laughs> What was your thoughts? I mean, I I thought he was right in a lot of what he was saying. Um, I just think he went about it <laughs> really poorly. It's because it comes straight after. If he does it on Monday night, if he has like twenty four hours and then does it. I think it feels different. Is that always that Gary Neville gets it a lot where it's straight after a big game and you you put the mic in front of him and they just still in the raw emotion of it. Um, especially with the celebrating one, I, I said I'm not bothered. Arsenal can celebrate if they want. It don't. I don't really care about that whole narrative of celebrating over celebrating. I don't think it it matters in the long run. Um, is it is it a bit silly? Yeah, probably. Um, but again, it, it was a, it was a massive win for him. It was, they had to win the game. Um, so I do understand it in a sense, but. It does seem a bit like they do get carried away. It does remind me of when we were going for leagues a bit, um, when we hadn't won it, and it just all felt desperate. And it does feel a bit like that. Arsenal. I always feel like this, even when we when we win late, and it doesn't feel necessarily like a desperation now, like it used to. Um, and even when City do it, obviously there's a celebration with Arsenal. I still feel there's a bit too much emotion in it at times. They're more um, cocky, aren't they? Like they're like they're like you know. The selfies when they're yeah. when they secured top four and th- or things like that. Whereas, like you said, we're more desperate. It's like Gerard's huddle. You know, it's like oh, we we have to fucking we have to do this. You know, like this is this is it. This is the chance to break the the twenty five year thirty year drought. You know, whereas like with Arsenal, they have like kind of a misplaced uh, arrogance kind of with it, them. I mean, I think Liverpool do in Norway as well, but. It feels weirdly forced though a lot of it as well with Arsenal kind of like the camera stuff and like when you when you they were comparing like Klopp ones but Klopp's always seem very much in the moment sort of just raw emotion after scoring a goal or something like that whereas the Arteta stuff and and the camera stuff seems a lot more like it's almost London Club aren't they they're London Club yeah. isn't it yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah I, I, I can't say I'm I, you don't, do that of North Lane. You, you don't do that up north now. <laughs> no, you don't do that up north now. It's going to crash. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more like really. you just shout, get in loudly, don't you? And that's like... Yeah, it's pretty much. But like London, London lads want to, you know, take a selfie or take the, take the club photographer's camera or, you know, do something silly like that. Yeah, I mean, like... Not in approval. I, I saw Ian Wright kind of justifying it with the... Um, Oh well, he's a club photographer. He's been the club photographer since he was fucking five or whatever, and all this. But the the question is, what is he celebrating? It's not normal for teams to celebrate wins, regardless of like how big 
the win is unless you win something i've never seen something like that i'm, I'm i might be i might be misremembering but it it but what exactly is he celebrating and okay you can you can celebrate liverpool have had this kind of stranglehold over arsenal for the last what half decade three four years what were they like when they won it when they won that game last season? Because I didn't get to watch it at the time, uh, and that well, that was a far bigger one. Because when they, well, they won three two as well, game, yeah. When they won that game last season with a a penalty, wasn't it to go ahead and win three two? And like they hadn't beaten us in forever in like a meaningful game. Like that was a that was a huge thing I, for them. Was it similar? I, I was there. The atmosphere was really good, um, and yeah, yeah, you, you did get that kind of palpable feeling of like, okay, we we are like a legitimate team, but. They've had that last season. So, what is it this season? I think there's a difference between atmosphere, though, isn't it? and the players getting involved, really. Whereas, I think always you kind of... If the fans are getting overexcited and stuff like that, you kind of can forgive it a bit. It's when I can the forgive the manager as well. It's, it. it's, it's, yeah, it, I think, but... Again, I mean, Klopp does the fist bumps and stuff like that, but again, it's not... It, it just felt a bit... yeah. It does feel a bit over the top, but I don't know. It'll be whatever the results make it, though, because we're able to look back at Klopp mm. uh, bringing the players to the cup after the 2-2 West Brom yeah. and be like, that was it. That was when he, he was getting the crowd on side because he, he did have to get the crowd to buy into, not necessarily him, but he just had to like pick up the crowd after the, the misery of the last Rodgers years. Whereas with Arsenal, it's like, if they don't go on to win to le- the league or like... <laughs> I was thinking if they drop points against West Ham or if they lost against West Ham, Carragher's just going to tweet out the photo of Odegaard <laughs> with no caption. You know, like, <laughs> it, it'll be used against them. Whereas if they went on to win it, it'd be like, oh, well, this is a sign of their, uh, there'll be some fucking athletic piece. Like, oh, even the club photographer gets involved in the celebration. You know, like, it'll, <laughs> results will just kind of dictate what happens. Kind of trying to analyse what it means. I think it's just kind of how Arsenal are as a, institutionally, you know, like as a club, they they kind of, a bit like that, like even the fact that Ian Wright is kind of like I don't because he was like a forward and he's a bit more swagger, but like him being the, the nominated like Arsenal pundit on like the, the main one, like and, and kind of how he is and what he's like as character versus like Carragher, like it's, it's so different, like you know, and, and Neville as well, and like Keane and, and and like you know, like in terms of like their personalities and things like that. But like Ian Wright is like very Arsenal in that way, like they have kind of uh, an arrogance and they, they like to show off, you know, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting to think about in that way, but results will kind of dictate like what that, what those celebrations will, will eventually mean in the end, you know? Yeah. I mean, like something did happen at Spurs would have been done it really. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I also, like, if you are an Arsenal fan, you don't give a flying fuck, let's be honest. No. Oh, you like, love it. You're, you're loving it. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we were probably in that same situation as you said with the West Brom stuff. I actually kind of remember that when it came out the ground. I think there was Liverpool fans that were pretty disgruntled with it as well. Oh, um, yeah, wasn't there? They were like yeah. small time, and especially the old heads, I'd say. Not that I remember. Um, but again, I'm, <laughs> my memory isn't too good, so I might be misremembering. But, um, but yeah, uh, frankly, from their perspective, they, they shouldn't and won't really give a fuck. But um yeah it will be kind of very much uh um an outcome bias kind of thing i guess but i i 
I don't think he was too wrong in what he was saying, but as ever, like he just goes about it the wrong way, doesn't he? He starts getting abusive of people on Twitter and that, and it just kind of the spirals. Um, out out of the game, are you making any kind of longer term assessments? I guess I'll go to you, Shane. Um, in terms of looking at who not has a future at the club like full stop but you know like kind of short term in the team we've got quite a few games coming up we're still in all, all competitions obviously so um mm. are there any guys that kind of fell down the pecking order a bit um Gravenberg seems to have been a talking point and uh to the point where there's an athletic piece kind of looking at what might be going on i haven't read it yet but um and i think people kind of i've seen a lot of People with Gravenberg, they were kind of at where I was with with him. I feel like I, I I've already kind of got past that point with them. Um, in terms of being like, yeah, like he, he looks a bit clueless. I think maybe people were still riding the hype and being a new signing, and he looked right in Europa League. But like I, I was kind of always, I was constantly saying, you know, he's yet to have like a really good start in the league, and it's either people are properly getting on his back this time. Um, but like because I've already kind of gone, through, I've already kind of compartmentalized with him as. He's twenty one. Um, didn't have a preseason. Clearly needs, clearly would have benefited from the preseason, surely, because he just kind of looks like he doesn't know what he's meant to be doing all the time, and he gets by on a bit of the natural ability that he does have, being able to like turn away, but then he gets his head up and he doesn't always pick the best option and uh, and things like that. So, it's like kind of as you're saying with the next few games going forward. Like I, I think we were on here saying we on here and on when when the Sabas Line news like we're like. You you wouldn't feel as confident with him starting both both for subs and missing just because it's not kind of clear what Gravenberg can give this team in a big game right now, um, so he he's won but like I I didn't think it was his worst game I like I, I thought like there was lots of you could pick out like he actually he chips it forward for the goal you know like the the the, the one thing that we managed to do that half like he he plays his own little part in it and um, but certainly yeah you'd be you'd be nervous if you had to rely on him to start. A league game again. I might have started Elliot instead, but um, maybe his form has fizzled a little bit recently. So it's like kind of becomes a question of what you do at right centre mid and Jones. I think as well. I think the the toll of games is starting to tell on him. But um, yeah, Tiago's back <laughs> timely <laughs> right after the bit of in the last episode where Blaine's nephew had had a good day at least um, when he showed up, but. Um, I suppose Gravenberg is the one. I assume that's what you're getting at, or, or do you have any others in mind? Um, I was thinking Gapo as well, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of the. He does feel like fifth in the pecking order with Diaz having picked up his form a little bit, doesn't he? Um, I don't even think it's necessarily that. I think the the things that get thrown at Gravenberg can kind of be thrown at him too. Um. Not physical enough and should, I, has ability, but should do more. He, he's nowhere near physical enough because he's six foot four. And uh, my dad has recently just got to the point of just calling him the bag of wind. He, he doesn't even, I, I just know who he's on about. Um, because he, he yeah, he's he seems to be clearly better on the left but as as you say like you've got Jota Diaz Nunez is probably up there as potentially better than him on the left as well 
Like he's probably fourth on the left wing list, never mind up front anywhere else. Did you think him on the right? I thought it was like a minor thing in the context of everything else that was going wrong in the game. I thought him right wing and Jota central felt like a waste for both of them. I was like, at least let Jota, he's not going to be the outball that Nunes and Salah can be over the top boy. He has pace and we've seen him We've seen him give Ben White big trouble before, and I'd asked him to give Zinchenko trouble. And but centrally, it just felt like he was getting kind of lost in the way Arsenal kind of compressed. Like you know, he has to deal with Gab- Gabriel man uh, manhandling them and Rice as well. You know, like I just thought that was a really weird little quirk. Um, I, I didn't think it did either of them a favor. Uh, and like as uh, like Gakpo, yeah, like him on the right. I, I just don't know what 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 do what do you think like. If he plays on the right, what's supposed to happen? What 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 looks like good Gakpo play on the right? I'm not sure. Central maybe, and like yeah, like on the left, but he's got competition there, so it's kind of yeah, weird one that it, as well. It, it feels like you're really blunting that right side unless you've got somebody like constantly bombing on the outside with Grant um, Burke and a half fit Trent to boot, like you know. So it's like yeah, so it was just I, yeah. Is 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 there anybody that stood out for you, Blaine, or is it one of those two? Was it the yeah? To be fair, I think um, I think Trent got a few outers. To me, I don't think he were fully fit. I don't think he started. If it was um, if, if you know, obviously without the Bradley stuff happening, so I think that was another one. Um, it just seemed like a weird mix of a game too many for a few, and then other players not being fresh already enough to to fill in. Um, so I, I did kind of, I mean, when I saw that Gravenberch and Gakpo was dying, I did kind of start crying in, in the chat because I just didn't really have much faith. You've been at it since that morning, let's be real. I'm pretty sure. I, pretty, you were, you were, I, I think I was asking you, like, were you, yeah, I was asking you, had you been out drinking? Because this is, this is like hungover, Mike, leave the chat lane that we got that day. Like, And you were like, oh, I was out on Friday. And I was like, oh, it must have been a lot. Because like, you were just on one from the time you no, woke I, up. As soon as I saw that news, I did just think it was like I didn't just I didn't have any faith in in them too. Um, and to be honest, I think when they changed it around a bit second half, I thought that we were better. Um, and it's hard to go in on them too when no one really turns up. Other than I think McAllister has a decent game. Um, He's the only one, isn't he? But other than that, that's pretty much it. And yeah, um, I just think it's hard to go in on them too much. Uh, I, I don't like it when we have Diaz and Gakpo starting together. I just think, for me, you got to look at one of them and just kind of have one of them in your squad. I think we need to be looking at really replacing one of them. I mean, I'd, I'd still personally get rid of Diaz over Gakpo, but I, I just don't think it works having a front three with two of them in, um, especially in these um, sort of games. And and, and, and you've, you've lost Sabasley's goal for yeah, it as well. Yeah. So, like, just like, because he's like the fourth attacker, isn't he? So it's just. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. You, in terms of like running power and everything like that, and pace on the pitch, you're looking at Bradley, uh, and Nunes as the three against Chelsea probably stood out most, and then you've lost them and and Gakpo and uh, Trent, who was not really fully fit, and, and Gravenberch don't really replace that in any sort of way. So, yeah, the, not the idea. I think we we kind of come into it with obviously having. Uh, that midweek game and it just we just weren't ready. I think it's just fell at a bad time for us, um, and it's fell at a decent time for Arsenal. Obviously, they had a, a, a much less hectic January schedule than us. Well. Three, we three games in thirty-four uh, days, and we so, had seven. So we like more than double the workload in that time. Yeah. 
And you're also, I mean, we've not mentioned him for a while because we've not really missed him, but you just have no salad as well, which in one of these games just kind of like he's he's your man, isn't he? So we missed mm-hmm. him as well. So I think it's just come at the wrong time for us, and that's why I'm not overly worried about it because I think it, it kind of fell nicely for Arsenal in a way, and I still think that at one one, we how we got to one one, I don't know, but at one one, I felt relatively calm, and then. You know, we decide to decide to see yeah. that goal. It, it was that was it because we survived a bit like the cup game. We survived the storm without too much damage. And do you remember we started the second half off with like two shots, and like Neville is giving it like, oh, you, you can see it's changed. The game has changed. Yeah. And Liverpool are on the march, and I was like, yeah, fucking right. And then we we just had like those two chances, and then it was kind of a stalemate. Arsenal clearly dropped off, and they sat in, and they're clearly well able to do that. And then I was thinking the changes that I'd been looking forward to um, at the start of the game, I was like, you know, in my head thinking Robertson would be like, would just come in and be like Robertson, even though he's only come back from an injury and there's questions about what he does in this team, in this new system. Uh, I thought Elliot would come on and, and like give us trust and that didn't happen at all. And um, what was the other triple? So I as Nunes and like, he gets like that one chance on the right side of the box and just like fires over when he could have maybe squared it or something. And I, I guess I was a bit disappointed in that regard, having like, having found a way to stuck in the game, whatever about the Van Dyke and Alice and stuff. Like, I think, I think that just happens. I don't think you need to go into it too much. And um, like, they just, yeah. They we get like one or two of those a season, don't we? You just don't want yeah. them to happen in that game. Yeah. But I, I was disappointed more at the fact that even at 2-1, I was like, well, come on, let's find a way to take it to them. But um, just whether it was too many half-fit lads, too many worn-out lads, like, yeah. like Jones, like, you know, just... You, you thought Jones would, like, kind of step in and, and start taking the game by the scruff. And, um, yeah, it just didn't really happen. We, we couldn't really seem to find a way to, to create chances. And Arsenal probably still looked a bit more dangerous, despite clearly being a bit shook and a bit, a bit within themselves. Um, so I think that was maybe the more disappointing thing. But I said it, it, it fell nicely for Arsenal. At least now we're out the kind of... The back end of that, I know, I know it'll be like two games a week again pretty soon, but um, we've got bodies yeah. back. We, we, we've got, got bodies the, back, however many of them I have to. Yeah, I've got the squad to do two games a week, though, really. It's just that we've gone through, a, we, you know, injuries and international duties come at a really bad time in terms of, and in terms, obviously, with the Cups, it, you know, adds more games in there as well. So, yeah, it's, Listen, it's not my idea. Hopefully, we get Salah back in the next two well, two games. And then, we're potentially at the end of this AFCON run, still top of the league. And I think if you were to told us that at the start of it, anybody would have snapped your hand off for it. So, you know, it it, it is the, the manner in which we got beat. Um, yeah. And well, I mean, come. Yeah, but again, I, I do get that in terms of like the manner. It, it was a poor performance, but I kind of almost. I think there's a there's a way we it's a bit reminding me a tiny bit of the first half although it wasn't as bad as when we played City in the quadruple chasing season away and it wasn't as bad because they put us under way more pressure City but we kind of just stuck in there and stuck in there and then you get the goal out of nothing and but my my problem with the eleven was I just didn't see how we were going to score because I think once Arsenal get set they're really really hard to break down that's why I thought as soon as conceded at two one it were done I just I just didn't think we'd any chance of getting back. But at 1-1, they decided to kind of sit back a bit more at 1-1, which I thought were a bit strange. But 
he kind of suited us because we're in no real rush to almost go and attack him uh, in any way. We, I think we were happy with a draw. And the longer it went on, I think it would have suited us in terms of the nerves of it. It's just, it, it is that second goal. that That's the one that kills it. It's just, as bad as the first half is, when you go in 1-1, one, one, it resets everything. And then to concede that goal, it just it just changes the complete outlook of everything second half when you when you work so hard to obviously get back to 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I, I mean, when you do a big deep dive into kind of the XJ, actually so like an Arsenal fan referring to it was similar expected goals we had against United in the 7-0 and, you know, yeah, all that fun stuff. But when you when you take into consideration that we basically handed them a goal on the silver plate of that as well, which I think had, look, 0.75 expected goals, and then you've got the two shots in the one sequence that leads to the first goal, which normally you only count the highest expected goals opportunity, or is it that or the... The actual goal scoring. So, it, you, within that caveat, don't get me wrong, it still brings it down to like two expected goals, which is still, you know, crap. But it's, um, yeah, the, 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 the issue was, yeah, our, our non existence in attack, really. Um, part of that, you've kind of got to give them credit because they can sit in. Um, but I mean, we we've seen we can create opportunities against them. Um, it's a bad time for Kanata to have such a bad game because if you even remember how good he was in both games the season against Arsenal, where again he had loads to do, and that's when he like shines when you give Kanata loads to do, like loads of ground to cover, loads of battles to win. But he's so good that he does it, and like it was kind of like a warning shot early on when. You know, we, we've seen him kind of, especially Martinelli, he'd been like twatting Martinelli around the past two games. But this time when Martinelli is just a, like a random counter, Martinelli just like sprints up the pitch and Canade takes a bad angle and then doesn't have the pace to get back. And it's only because Saka miscues a header. That was an open goal. That was their other really big chance. Um, that kind of set the tone for him a little bit. And like Havertz, as much as I don't rate him, and like he, he was just like... He was just like playing as a nine, but he was just like like the Van Dijk one was the worst. He was just taking t- taking turns to like just to just run into our center halves, and like it's a bit like the Salah thing because they're so strong, they can kind of play it off, but but they don't make it look like a foul. A bit like if Martinelli maybe does that shove into like a less big center half for the second goal, maybe it's just like maybe he just knocks him over and it's a foul because it's Van Dijk. Van Dijk kind of absorbs it, but you know, still gets in Allison's way and, and I mean happens. let's let's be honest, I've got away with one of those Kane esque fucking shit house aerial duel I'm just gonna take you out things that Arsenal fans were forever crying about. It was even madder though, because like it was just like he, like at least with Kane or other lads who've done it, there's some pretense of getting the ball. Havertz is just sprinting towards Yeah, he, ju- he just runs into them, yeah. And the referee called it correctly to at least give a foul, thankfully. Like, it, it didn't add insult to uh, potential it injury. Like that happens a lot with Arsenal, aren't they? At least on the before as well. It, it happens quite a bit yeah. with them. Um, but I, I do think that, that they asked a lot more tactically of the centre-halves, like with that kind of... Um, Havertz was dropping in and creating like two tens and it just left the wingers one-on-one on the outside. Especially with how much Canate's got to do already, adding that on top, that like another Carver's layer. Carver's open like, for the first goal, don't they? The first goal is weird. I haven't really watched. Like I've watched it back a couple of times, and I still don't really understand how we got like 
that badly put open. Like I know Van Dijk was wild. Out, and, he? Well, Van Dijk, Van Dijk has a decision to make, doesn't he? And he he half goes towards Odegaard, but in reality, he's nowhere near him. And maybe he should have just dropped as is normally his default thing. Uh, maybe, maybe that was it, but it was like that was like oh fucking hell, and that, that happened so early as well, and they didn't really open us up like that again. Thankfully, but they they got goals off fucking, or they got big chances off counters and off hoof balls and kind of freaks and all that. Um, it it I, I feel like yeah. every first half, like we played three first halves against them this season, and every single time they got the better of us. And last season, and last season, so. That's a problem. I mean, that's a problem that we don't have to worry about going forward. You think they got the better of us at Anfield this season? In the first half, yeah. I think it was kind of a push, wasn't it? Did they have any? Big I mean, don't get me wrong. It, 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 part, yeah. Well, part of it's down to the fact that they got the goal. Very, it's game state, yeah. isn't it? But, I mean, yeah. Um. I just yeah. I I think they've been much better prepared going to the game. But I do think that goes back to we are... I feel like you can watch a Liverpool game and know what Liverpool are doing. And you, you can go into a game against Liverpool and you, you know what they're going to do. I, I I don't think we're going to spring any, like, mad... So I, I don't expect them to switch fucking, like, shapes or anything, but you know what I mean? Just, like, little tweaks, players dropping in here and there, like they did with the, with the two... Tens and that's a pure pet thing, isn't it? Like, because Klopp, Klopp seems to always be like, we'll just we'll do our our thing, and we're just gonna, you know, we're we're just gonna be better than you. Whereas, like, Guardiola's like, do you remember the thing I always remember was Bayern Munich. He like, uh, at away at Barcelona, he had like he had them like line up in like one formation for the first ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then he like threw up a signal or whatever, and it was like they just like completely changed their whole system to like. Yeah, trying Babu's of Barcelona and they just lost like three one anyways or whatever. But like that's like that kind of over like obviously because our because that's the school Arteta's from. It's like that. I think wanna... he's a lot more flexible Arteta, which is worrying. In all honesty, from my perspective. Well, Havertz only um, starts because of well, Havertz or Jorginho only start because of the Jesus injury. Maybe that would have been better for us. Although Jesus does like playing well against. You us. don't think Jorginho plays anyway? Because I, I feel like they played a lot better against us in the FA Cup game with him in the team. I didn't notice him in the cup. To be honest, he was brilliant uh, on Sunday. Remember though, wasn't it? Oh, did you see him? It's his first start since November, apparently for Jorginho. That was. Yeah, that's an awfully thin squad Arteta's got there, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, I, I do get. I think I, I, I still keep going back to like the uh, the Tuchel Chelsea shout with Arsenal, where they were. They, they that had that spell, where they had that spell where Tuchel Chelsea were just. I think they beat City a few times, only because they beat them in the league and then beat them in the cup. Three times, cup. three times in a row, yeah. yeah into and, the they, and obviously, they were always hell to play against us. Where it just feels like he has a really good way of of coming up against City and, and Liverpool. Obviously, the test will be when he. Is more so when he goes to the Etihad and stuff like that for our setup. But it, it, it's a bit like you were saying before, they feel massive in, in the moment winning these games, but it tells you that they've beaten Liverpool and City at home and they're behind both of them in the league. So in reality, I don't think it plays as, as much a part, unless it is where you, you're both going for 98 points and you're going to beat everyone else. They, they, ultimately, if Arsenal are going to win the league, they need to improve against the, the, the other, what, Seventeen teams in the league, rather than rather than just against us, as important as it is. Um, 
maybe it'll suit them in when they're going for for the European games. I don't know, but yeah, I just can't keep. I think they'll yeah, I think they'll do well in Champions League. I, I'd I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if they don't go like semi finals, depending on who they get. Oh, could you imagine if they won? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just don't think they'll ever win it. The, the club club DNA just won't allow them to. But yeah, they have to go through some sort of mad. No one wins if they're going through a mad heartbreaking defeat as they first saw. Go Real Madrid. They've not been Real Madrid yet, have they? So that'll happen. He's gonna, he's, he's Bayern, gonna... I think Bayern, Bayern Munich, well, not that they've had heartbreaking defeats because they've only ever lost one fucking final and that was to Barcelona. But was it, didn't, didn't Barcelona, remember like the last time they were in the Champions League? Or like the end of the, the the time when they were in Champions League, like Bayern and Barcelona would just take turns so every ten, year yeah. to beat yeah. them like six one on aggregate in the first round. Arsenal's European heritage is a bit like when we draw Porto. That's like what Bayern and, and Barca used to get. Where oh, we're playing these guys again, where we just batter them and get through. That is what it was. It was a bit like the variant of that. So that's Arsenal's legacy for such a big club. Either. Obviously, you know, third in the league after after that win. Um, right, we can um, we can move on from Arsenal um, and look ahead to Burnley on Saturday. Hey. We'll be without Canate, obviously, so you'd assume Quanta's going to start. Um, and yeah, is is there any changes that you guys make to the the starting eleven? Um. Off the I'd have Bradley, I'd have Bradley in if he's uh, if, if he's Bradley's back. back and available. I'd, I'd have him in. I'd start Robertson because I think you need to give Robertson a start at some point just to kind of. Uh, yeah. And Elliot probably needs a start. Really, he's not started Elliot for. I, I don't really get the Elliot thing to be honest because he's he's not been getting that many starts over January to say the squad were quite thin. But um, this this is my thing with the Gravenberch thing because Gravenberch. Uh, he hasn't been too good and he's getting a lot more opportunities than Elliot's getting. Yeah. Uh, whether he just sees that, whether he's got that in his mind with Elliot's been so good off the bench, he kind of wants to keep him back. But then I don't know if that's necessarily fair on the players to do that all the time. Uh, I guess it just seems like he's back. getting thrown in because of the price tag, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think I don't think it's necessarily the price tag. I think it's probably because that's how they've sold the club to him. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, which, which he's, he's literally and... said in interviews. In fairness, like that's what the club and the club have lived up to that word, which they have. But at some point, yeah. <laughs> it's that, that, that's be. the weird. That's the weirdness of Klopp leaving as well. Because I was like, oh well, he's never had a Klopp preseason. Because you think of like how. <laughs> How like dramatically like Klopp transformed the team in his first preseason. Do you remember like the mad system that we came out with and started sixteen seventeen really strong? And then you think of like you know uh, Robertson and Fabinho, like lads who like like lads who come on to be like brilliant players but needed time to like bed in. And Gravenberg now is never going to get Barry yeah, yeah. dramatic U turn. He he's never going to get a get a Klopp preseason. So um, it's probably particularly weird for the players who just arrived. Although you know you think like. You know, I think that the club's sufficiently big that they're they're happy to be there anyway. But it's still like a a blow to be losing them. But um, yeah, I guess Thiago probably doesn't start at the weekend, but he's going to get games somewhere. You'd hope. I, and to be honest, I'd be. I know we make the jokes like and and I, I like. It's still assume he's still a good player even after this injury. But like, 
yeah, I just I'd, I'd be finding a way to keep Gravenberg for for Europa now once that's in, once that's back in, and uh, yes, yeah, obviously is out for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, Jones could maybe do with the rest. So Jones maybe, could definitely do with the yeah. rest. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. Endo, Endo being back as well is is nice. Although it'd be interesting to see. I don't, Kanye, know, where you, I don't know where they fit in in terms of no. That, that's not what I was going to say. I just don't know what yeah, form has been so good, uh, and like the couple of the games where McAllister started at eight, that left sentiment. Well, where would you play? We, we, haven't, seen him, we, haven't, seen play well, we haven't seen him do it well for us yet. No, I don't think we have either. He's had a few games, well, probably only two or three, in fairness. So, like, maybe maybe he's in such good form now he'll make it work at eight. Because I do always like when I see him get in around the box, and not just because you know obviously I don't love the long shots, but he's decent at them. But he can play a final pass, or he can play the. The, the pass that breaks the lines and gets us in. So I, I wouldn't mind it. I, I, like if it was like the four and three, I think I said G, like if, if Sabasley was still out by the cup final, assuming Endo carries over his form, like the four and three players would be Jones, McAllister, Endo. But how you make that trio work, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll find out. But it'll be interesting to see anyways. But yeah, hopefully just give take Gravenberg out with the firing line and maybe give Elliot another start as well. Just a quick... I almost... oh, go. Oh, go on, Jeff. No, 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 because I'm I'm gonna take a bit of a um, take a bit of a sidebar. So you go. I I almost think like Burnley might just be in a, a decent game to put Graham Birch back in for. I mean, he plays the away game, doesn't he? And he does fairly well. I think Elliot's the same. I think they both start that game, don't they? Um, yeah. And then Elliot's goal. I think they both combine actually for Elliot's goal. Don't they? That's ruled out. Um, but I mean, oh, yeah. Burnley are really quite bad. Uh, so. If there's, if there's any game you can put Graven Butchinelli in and maybe the rest of us, it probably is that one. It's basically a cup game, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're saying this now and it'll be a horrible game, but yeah, they, they're really bad, aren't they? Just treat it like he treats derbies at home. Um... <laughs> they're meant to be a little bit better. With They've got three... They've had apparently three of the January signings, including your man for Fana, have already made an impact for them. So we'll see what they're like, but yeah, should be be hammering them just a quick one um sorry to remind you that Jürgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool um, oh god yeah, we never sorry. got your reaction it was only us last time we actually haven't got your thoughts um, where was you Dave when the news broke I was in work <laughs> and work just went silent it was mad um my the Arsenal podcast <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts are, I mean, it's just shit, isn't it? Blaine enjoyed that one. Couldn't hear it over the week, got Super Mick out there a chance. What, what, he's leaving? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just shit, isn't it? I do, do you guys have a bit of a weird feeling about Alonso not taking the job? Nah, he will. Of course he will. What was it? Do you think? I don't what's know the why. UK, what's the current UK tax rate at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> Serious question. <laughs> well, it was Gordon Brown that he wasn't happy with, and <laughs> so, like, so a decade and a half of a Tory government. I think we could be in business. <laughs> I think it, I think he'll join. I think there's no way he doesn't. I don't think he'll go to Bayern. <laughs> He's, he probably won't, like, even win or lose the league in Germany, he probably doesn't do another year there, like, do you think? Or would he? Do you think he might want to build up experience? It depends experience what jobs still? come up, doesn't it? I guess. Yeah. 
You won't go to Barca, would you? I don't think Barca's won. No, I don't think you'd go Barca. And then you'd literally... They seem pretty set on flick, so... Us, Bayern, or... We won't go to Chelsea either. So it's us or Bayern, isn't it, really? I'll Unless do... Let me do some really, like, professional... Um, Torrance. Torrance. Liverpool. Next. Manager. Oh, he's... Yeah, he's he's well he's well out in front. Yeah. So, Alonso is currently... Eight to eleven. Yeah. But, but how mad? How mad is it? Like, if you obviously like Klopp leaving is mad in its own right, but like six months ago, would we have been thinking about him at all? Like, maybe I don't know how good he was with Leverkusen last season, but yeah, probably yeah. not. Um, but at the same time, it does feel like he's been the, the promised one just because of just because the kind of player he was and the way he speaks about the way he's always spoken about the game, and then also the managers he worked under and. The career and the kind of the, you know, he, he's like a player who can come in and like all the players are going to respect him because of who he is and, and yeah. the player he was and all that. But it's it, it's funny just like how quickly, I don't think he would have been such an obvious shout uh, a few months ago. And, and maybe maybe that's because he's so good now. That's why Klopp is feels comfortable to announce it. But, but it's a bit like at the say obviously it's a much lesser uh, scale than Ancelotti and Klopp, but. I look at like a deserve and it just the the vibe or the fit just doesn't feel right at all with Deserbi. And there's a few others who will be out of a job in the summer who just don't feel like Liverpool managers. No, like, Alonso like Klopp couldn't have picked a better time. Yeah. And that's um, just what it is, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, it it does feel blatant. Um I mean Deserbi, no. Um, no. I've said it from the start. Um, when you said when you said Alonso could go to Bayern, I could see that happening. Uh, like I could just see that happening just because that's how the fucking Bundesliga pyramid well, if, he wins, if he wins the league, what does he? What can he possibly achieve at Bayern? If unless he wins the Champions League, then that's it. He'll have a decent chance of winning the European Cup. You'd think. Well, but, he has um, a decent chance of winning that. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I'm saying like he, he maybe he's settled in Germany, even though he even though he lived in maybe. lived and played in three different countries. But um, I've never seen him talk about Bayern like he seems to about Madrid. It's always seems to be Madrid Liverpool, as far as I remember. Anyway, it, it felt like he went for. there just to play under Guardiola. Yeah, well. yeah. It was it was like he went there. It, it felt like his finishing school kind of. He went there, um, but no. The reason I ask if he was to go to Bayern, and I think I think we all kind of recoiled when we said it last week. But I've kind of been talking myself around on it. I was like, would you take Tuckle? I think I would. Oh, no, you've not. No. Last week. I can't believe this. No, I, I, like, I'll take Nagelsmann over to No, No, I think we should do a hear me out, okay? So, like, this, this will be my case for Tuckle. This is just, just hear me out, right? <laughs> Like we well, know we can manage shot small water bottles in in Hamfield's uh, fridges, man. <laughs> like so, like he has a history of following jobs that Klopp does. That's one. Uh, he work. said he he hates being in Germany because uh, he has Didi Hamann and Lothar Matthäus like <laughs> bullying him on TV <laughs> every week. Have you heard this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's been bullying. <laughs> no, they bullied him. And then recently, when he won, he started to call them out. So like, like yeah, he fucking hates being back in Germany. Talk is he he loved England and he wants to come back to England. And Chelsea would probably be wise to try and get him back. But 
like you know he can win big trophies he's like got experience i think tactically he's still pretty he, he's not past the sell by date anything like that i know he's kind of a fucking weirdo and and, and all that like and, and that's going to be the nagelsman case except nagelsman has half the cv but um but you know i think yeah. like uh, uh, everywhere he's gone seems to have been a, a falling out in the end with with in some sort of way, it was at Chelsea because I don't know what's the same as but it was the opposite of um, it was the opposite of like Benitez at every club that Benitez goes to. Benitez wants he wants full control and he you know he battled the, the Chelsea thing was supposedly that they they were kind of because they're fucking you know because they just arrived and hadn't a clue they were foisting more of the sporting director stuff on him. And his head was getting burnt out by that. Because remember, they arrived and they were like, we're going to sign Ronaldo. You know, and like, fuck, it's like, look at this team I built and the way I play and the way I won the Champions League. And you want to sign Cristiano Ronaldo for me. And you think that's a good idea. Like, apparently that's what kind of burnt him out and why he left. He is a fucking narc and starts fires everywhere he goes. But I don't think he's like Mourinho level, you know, arsonist. I think he's just like... And, I think and of course, we've, we've talked about like the, 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 who the hell is going to be his director of football. What, like, who the hell are we putting in place? But... If not Alonso, he'd be my pick off the top of my head. Like I don't know I what, what would yours saying. be. Well, I just don't see the vibe again. It's the vibe, but I'd, but the fact you've been at Chelsea and you've watched those Chelsea teams, it kind of just I just can't imagine it. I don't know what I, I I can guarantee you the fans would get behind Tuchel. We get behind. Yes, they would. Blaine, yeah, Blaine's man. talking us. Blaine never saw the Rafa and Julio teams. Like we were fucking eye bleedingly bad at our worst. Man. Get but the crowd get behind it because because they run and they press. Two, yeah, Tuchel's got a very um, us versus them mentality. The Chelsea fans loved them. Like, but, I, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to be nice or enjoyable. Just because I get I can get behind it, but no, I'm, I'm I, really... listen. He's, he's not my choice. I, I, as I said, I'd go. We're all, we're all team Alonso. I'm just saying, if Alonso wasn't for whatever reason wasn't the one, Dave is going to give us his pitch now for. The skateboarder, and then we're gonna hear about Blaine's <laughs> one is. <laughs> he's gonna fucking ollie. He's gonna ollie and fucking uh, grind his way into fucking down Anfield Road. You know. No, I I just think in terms of Nagelsmann, he obviously he's been involved in that kind of Red Bull system. He's very reliant on sporting directors above him, as he was at Hoffenheim, as he was at Leipzig. Um. And by the sounds of things, the German press were chatting quite a bit of shit about him losing the dressing room. Um, a Bayern Kimmich came out and said as much. Said he's one of the top three coaches he's ever been coached by. You'd assume he's only behind probably Flick, who won the fucking treble with them, and Guardiola in that respect. Um, Kimmich's a was... prick, though. Oh, no, Kimmich's a prick. Everyone yeah. hates Kimmich. Like I think in Bayern they hate Kimmich, and I think the Germany team hate Kimmich. So maybe he's like the outlier. I, I don't remember that happening with Tuchel as much. Maybe, Tuchel maybe, fell out maybe. With Lukaku, which is like but, easily done. But um, but yeah, I am I am my doubts when he was when he left Hoffenheim and Leipzig because they are very just the manufactured anti. The both clubs are very manufactured. I don't think he'd ever been in an environment, but. I think, by the looks of things, he dealt with it reasonably well. Bayern obviously won the league there, which isn't the toughest thing in the world. But, um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I just think he's he's 
simply a better candidate than the rest. I would like I like the look of Roger Schmidt and I know that you um that was like kind of yeah, in monster energy, Dendrick energy. It was that um, Ian Balagame, wasn't it? Wasn't it Schmidt? It was, yeah, Schmidt <laughs> and um, McAllister. Um, is, 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 is Schmidt not a bit like Thomas Frank, where he feels like he would have been a perfect manager to have gotten after Rodgers? Or like the, the size that the club was? That, yeah, like, where Th- we were at Thomas Frank's growing on me as well. Oh, I, feel like, nice. I feel like you need Tuckle because he has that big club experience and he's, he's shown he can do it. But he's still I'm, relevant as a coach. Yeah, I'm not advocating for Thomas Frank because I that's am. just it's far too big a step up. But I do think if if you want another Jurgen Klopp, like in the person, then Thomas yeah, Frank he's, is he's the man. Like a regen, isn't he? Yeah, um, he he's really stats based. He's really innovative. He seems to just he, he's very much a people person. He seems very good with the staff and everything, but that's just such a big jump. Um, Can we get him in as a hype man, maybe? As a, does, he drink, does he drink from a uh, normal-sized water bottle? Because that would be my first question in any interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I believe he does, to be fair. He does whip out a tactics board on the sideline, though. That's fine. I have seen him do I, that I, before. I'm worried Blaine has only seen the Photoshop version of Chocolate I know the person who made that Photoshop, and they were the same person who made the Dean Henderson uh, at Old Trafford. <laughs> someone no, like I'm... he stayed on his light, he looked tiny, but then someone made him even smaller. So I'm, I'm concerned convinced. Blaine hasn't actually seen the no. original. I'm convinced Nagelsmann had small water bottles at Anfield as well. I'm sure I've seen this picture somewhere. No, it was Nagelsmann. It wasn't. It wasn't Tuchel. I don't think. Yeah, he pulled yeah, them he out of it. Oh no, no, was it Tuchel when we played PSG? No, boy. Yeah, he, no, he, he he was drinking from like a a three thirty mil bottle when when for me. No, one of them was definitely had tiny water bottles that wasn't photoshopped. No, Nagelsmann. It was. He was. He was at Anfield. I remember it. <laughs> I'm sure they both did it though. I don't know if it was edited. Which one's the photocopier nonce? I think that's Nagelsmann, isn't it? No, it's Tuchel. No, it's it? Nagelsmann. I think, you see, you get them mixed up, don't you? Was the Josh that coined have... the photocopier nonce thing? Or was that a Twitter thing? I feel like that was a very Josh thing. He on, gets really on, passive-aggressive when it comes to German managers. Yeah. Well, on Thomas Frank, because, uh, I mean, like, I feel like... You see like, sorry. But you know, because if you're saying like, "Oh, we want the," well, not to say we want, because I think we agree that he's not, like the job would be too big for him. But that line of thinking is what would have had us like a clap left a few years earlier. We'd be like, "Oh yeah, Hassan Huttle, he's he's the one," you know. He's just fucking got that happened relegated, never to be seen again. Yeah, I do think Frank's a better manager though. He's he's a lot more flexible. Yeah, well, apparently he's playing sick. Is he? If, if Alonso, who's your alternate playing? He well, it was Thomas Frank. Because yeah, I'm not having that. Although on Sky Bet the the second favorite is uh, Ruben Amorim, yeah. I'm assuming Dendrick, Dendrick alert. Well, again, yeah. Oh, is that who Dendrick was on about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was on about Roger Schmidt. Oh like, no, apparently, apparently Amorim is good, but I don't want to be the club where he. I feel like I feel like he should be like he could take. I know he's at Sporting Lisbon, like I know they're a big club and he's won the league, but. It also feels like I feel like it's very ABB to me that 
Spurs, yeah, he's Spurs level, isn't he? I feel like like he shouldn't be making the leap to unless we really think he is the one. But speak Tommy Frank for me. If you can't get Alonso, I'm all in on Thomas. You just want Thomas Frank because then when we go to play Brentford away, it might not be fucking hell on earth. That's it, isn't it? Exactly. Imagine how good life would be if we didn't have to do Brentford away. Then we could get Sean Dyche in for a while, so we don't have to go go to away under Sean Dyche. Thomas Frank is sixteen to one. Just yeah, I don't see it personally. I mean, I I know if he came in, and we got him in at like you know before preseason started, and I know he'd have like a great press conference and he'd speak well, and I think we'd all kind of feel up for it. But you'd be you'd still be waiting to see what the hell the football is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. I, but... that, that was my initial reaction because I was like, I kind of threw me fucking toys out the camera. I was like, no, he's a mid-table <laughs> manager and all this shit. Mm. Um, and then the more I thought about it, I actually read a few articles on him as well. Um, yeah, he's definitely grown on me uh, as a candidate. I mean, FSG, I'd say, would love to if we weren't quite at the level we're at. If we were, it was the end of last season. If Klopp left the end of last season, I could have definitely like because we were saying Alonso hadn't like kind of made the leap yet. It could have easily been Thomas Frank off the back of those two Brentford seasons. So I suppose that's I mean, you've been a bit by injuries and stuff this season as well. I wouldn't really oh, yeah. much into that. Um. But yeah, so I think well, we're going Nagelsmann, Tuchel, and Frank. No, no. Did you see? Did you see what Nagelsmann wore at Old Trafford? Imagine if we got beat at Old Trafford and he turned up in that. Well, I did you, say you, 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 we would need to get him a personal shopper. You'd start protesting. I'd start protesting. Me, I couldn't do it. Imagine living life like that. <laughs> I like the idea of like getting a German coach in, but we have to we have to introduce him to Adidas. Tracking, oh, what's the you know? What's Antonio Conte up to? No, fuck off. <laughs> Immediately. Is he is he is he back coaching? I don't think he is. No, he's not. He's, he turned he's made, like a, he's made like a hundred million in severance payments. Mm. He's fucking sad. Yeah, no, he turned on that. Pep Linders is still eight to one though. Pep Linders on Skybet is the same odds yeah, as fucking deserve. I think that's just a just to kind of get people to bet on it because I'm pretty sure he said he's leaving the club. <laughs> But, oh yeah, he did. He, had a, he already had a video and everything, which makes the odds all the weirder. But maybe if they can't find anyone, he might answer the call. Yeah, no. I, I, I don't know. I just have a bit of an uncertainty about Falonzo. I think I don't know whether it's because of how he left, and he was kind that, of pining. That's, that's massively playing on everyone's mind because it's really weird, uh, particularly I guess on the part of a uh, uh, Liverpool Twitter corner that I'm on, but like, people hate Alonso, um, just because I guess because like you know he's. Like there was like the whole tax thing, you know. That's, that's a big reason why he left. Liverpool I mean, the, and... the Gareth Barry thing wasn't as bad as people made it out to be either. Like, in what sense? Gareth Barry was a very good player. Yeah, he was. And Alonso, the thing that always, the thing like the thing that always gets blown over because, because uh, I I watch every every season and most games that Alonso played for Liverpool, but like he was unbelievable the first few seasons he came in, and his levels did drop to the point where like it wasn't just Gareth Barry ahead of him; it was like. Like, he still always started, like, the biggest games because he was Alonso, but, like, there was genuine competition in the midfield with, like, Mo Mo Gerardo was better and Gerardo was better. Lucas Leva was getting games when he first arrived. Like, there was... It made... it Like, especially because Liverpool at the time constantly had to be trading up. You know, you had to, 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 like, get funds in to spend them. 
it it, it, it didn't look mad. Like it, it, like Benitez, if anything, was probably was get. He looked like he was getting Alonso while he still had a lot of value because if his if he kept going on the way his goal looked like he was going to kind of pee her out a little bit. Instead, Alonso, after that 2008 summer saga, Alonso goes on to be I think his PFA player nominee. He's Liverpool's best player that season, despite having Gerard like Gerard Torres and other lads. But he was unbelievable, and then they get the massive fee for him. And that's it. But I think people don't like him maybe because of that. But like he was, yeah, he was a fucking class player. And I think like more normie Liverpool fans, if I can say that, I think they'd have nothing but like fond memories of him. So at the end of the day, I wasn't too keen on the Mbappe stuff because I couldn't be honest with the Real Madrid flirting nonsense. Um, to have yeah, that I, I don't think manager. That, I don't think you'd get like I don't think you'd have to worry about that with Alonso in terms of the noise, like not from him, you know, like like Mbappe's entourage and his family, like fuck all that. But no, but it's the Spanish press; they create something out of nothing and yeah, that, picks that, up. That, that, that would be bad. But at the same time, I would look at it as if if he came to us for at least two three years and Madrid still wanted him, he would he will have at least had us in contention for major trophies. You know, like if he comes to us and mm-hmm. he thinks that and like kind of we we fizzle out, we become a top four team or whatever. Like they they like you know his star will kind of will burn out and someone else will have risen in the meantime. But he's very um, young though, isn't he? It's not like he's a, just like a if he does well at Liverpool, it's not like he's a ticket blocks us at Madrid. I mean that job's always offered every three years. It seems to be available. Yeah, you. I mean, you probably imagine so after Ancelotti fucks off as well. But um, yeah, I don't know. It that that's my warm reservation. But when you look at the alternatives, um, not many out there, is there? No, not really. Um, but a lot can change in a few months, though. So, like that's what I mean. Like like I said, six months ago or whenever, if Klopp decided to leave. It could well have been Thomas Frank. We'd have been like, "Yeah, okay, it's a leap. We'll see it." And and you, you probably wouldn't have thought of Alonso. And then Alonso would like take Leverkusen on a mad run. So I, I guess you never know. But I suppose it'll be interesting if we're in April, May, because like United, German United got Ten Hag in. Did they announce him in like May or something? And he was even like coming to the games while I actually season was still on. So they probably felt weird about that. But you'd like it to be done early, wouldn't you? As early as possible. I I would hope if Leverkusen. Maybe even if we if us all Leverkusen go out to the Europa League before the final, I would like us to get it done and announced. And they'll just take that as well, Leverkusen, won't they? Like their I don't see why their, not. Their, their, their English Twitter account would be like, "Oh, congratulations, Liverpool, <laughs> for getting our manager." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, but I don't see why they'd have that much of a problem with that. Because, I mean, ultimately, uh, that players aren't stupid, you know what I mean? You probably know. Better than going to Bayern. That, that's the other thing. Well, yeah, that, that, yeah, that is. That's why they don't sell abroad, because you're not, you're not selling it to to the fucking the cannibal at the top. Yeah. Um, I did find it a bit weird that, like, they reportedly had this gentleman's agreement that he can go to, like, one of his ex-teams, one of them being Bayern. Like, I did, that was very Bundesliga. <laughs> Just Bundesliga things, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, so, have we got any score predictions for Burnley? Anyone going to go first? Uh, no, I forgot we even were playing that game today. <laughs> I was looking at pictures, that was right. 
Well, I, I think we should put a poll up after this, asking people if uh, if uh, if Alonso isn't doable. If Alonso is doable, who's your who's your next choice? Yeah, and I'll I'll throw something out. Yeah, and we'll see who wins. Battle of the freaks. I'll go with um. I'll go with. <laughs> I'll go three nil Nunez for Burnley. Blaine, I'll go with you. Wait, when you Google Thomas Frank, the second picture of him even isn't Thomas Frank the manager. It's just some random random ball. Um, I will go with um two nil. And. I know we keep doing the predictions, but I don't know where we are in the league in terms of who's winning. Yeah, neither do I. Just, track. just, 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 just do them. Don't ask questions. I'm going with Shatter, uh, I guess. Right. Yeah, I thought we, I thought we scrapped this segment, and I was like, we'll start doing man the match, but that hasn't caught on. Um, uh, yeah, prediction: three 0 Gakpo. Gakpo. Right. No worries. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, we should be back next week after the Burnley game, looking ahead to another half twelve Saturday fixture against who? Blaine. Um, Brentford. Apparently, I'm just going to put well, that picture Ma- in the chat. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. See you then. Um.